SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in and thanks to the MoneyWeb team. They're back on your radio tomorrow and they'll have lots to talk about tomorrow. Of that, I've got no doubt to so make sure you tune in to the midterm budget speech taking place in Parliament. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll head to Singapore to find out exactly what happened at the WTA finals. Uh, Peter Mercado will be joining us. We'll also have victorious Curry Cup winning coach Franco Smith on the show chatting about the Cheetahs and his involvement with the Springboks as well uh, on the year-end tour to Europe. But let's start with the news of the day, and we start with some football. Amsa Premiership resumes tonight following an exciting weekend of Telcom knockout action. This evening, Chipper United welcomes Bloom Celtic to the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium. Both teams looking to avenge their losses at the weekend. Another team that's licking its wounds is Bidvest Vitz. They take on Ajax Cape Town tomorrow evening following their 3-1 defeat at the hands of Free State Stars. Assistant coach Paul Johnson says they have to bounce back. Yeah, look, obviously um, we're massively disappointed after the results over the weekend. Um, the fortunate thing is that we have a few days to you know, get back on the wagon, so to speak, and put it right against Ajax in the league. Um, so we're absolutely ready, and, and it's a great opportunity to turn Saturday's result around. Johnson says uh, cup clashes aside, the students have played well this season, and he hopes that form continues in the league tomorrow. We've done well so far in the league. I mean, take away the MTN8, take away the, the telecom disappointment on, on the weekend, but, you know, the league form is still very, very good. We've got to separate it from maybe the one big black mark against our name which was against Free State other than that we're unbeaten you know and we hopefully will do much of the same and naturally we want to keep a clean sheet and naturally we want to pick up as many points possible and um, we're certainly capable of doing that I think um, we have to take the positives out of Saturday uh, we certainly have to turn it around and we've got to make sure that we lift our game and we raise our attitudes to the level that we expect it to be at Lots of football to look forward to in England tonight as well as uh, the League Cup continues. Arsenal play Reading, Hull are away to Bristol, Liverpool host Spurs, Leeds welcome Norwich and Preston North End travel to St James's Park to come up against Newcastle. Meanwhile, Watford are being investigated by English Football League for allegedly supplying false financial information to the organisation. And some sad news, Carlos Alberto, who captained Brazil's 1970 World Cup winning squad, has died at the age of... 72. On to tennis. Day three of the WTA finals in Singapore has concluded. Top seed Angelique Kerber picked up her second win. She beat third seed Simona Halep 6-4 and 6-2. She says that scoreline was uh, a bit more flattering than it looked. The last uh, game was also very close and yeah, you never know what's happened when uh, she win one, two games and then she is back. So I was really trying to stay um, in the moment and playing point by point. So that's why I think it was a really close match for me. Well, number one says she's really happy with the way she played today. I was feeling very well today. I, I think that um, I was moving good and I um, was going for it when I have the chance. And I think um, that was the key, especially in this match today against Simona. 
Madison Keys also picked up her first win. We'll have more with Peter Mercado in a moment. On to cricket now. It's not good news for South African cricket. CSA announced today that this year's domestic T20 competition will go ahead without a title sponsor. Pakistan have taken an unassailable 2-0 lead in their three-match series against the West Indies in Abu Dhabi. They dismissed the West Indies for 322 in their second innings to claim victory by 133 runs. On to rugby now. 24-year-old Siseko Jaft has been appointed as the general manager of KwaZulu-Natal Rugby Union and the Sharks effective from the 1st of January in swimming Chad Leclo won gold in the 50 metre butterfly while Roland Skuman claimed bronze in the FINA World Cup in Tokyo Leclo won silver in the 200 fly while Skuman finished second in the 50 metre breaststroke and finally in Formula 1 news the Malaysian Grand Prix could leave the Formula 1 calendar when its contract ends in 2018 because of falling ticket sales and competition from other venues coming up next we'll chat some tennis SAFM Sports Wrap this is South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Brad Brown, and it's time to chat some tennis now. The WTA uh, finale, the grand final taking place in Singapore, day three today, and it's just concluded. And uh, we're joined now by Peter Mercado. Peter, I, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier on when I spoke to you on PM Live, it was absolutely bucketing down with rain. I believe it's very wet in Singapore, but the good news is the tennis continues despite the storms. Absolutely. Thank goodness we're playing in an indoor stadium. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had any play at all tonight. But there's been, we had a massive thunderstorm about an hour before play started and it's been raining ever since. But the action inside the arena, well, pretty comprehensive both of these matches. Uh, yesterday we had two long three-set matches and we were leaving at about 1.30 in the morning. But tonight, very, very straightforward. Angelique Kerber, the top seed, 6-4, 6-2, particularly impressive in her match over Simona Halep, the third seed. It was a tight opening set, but Halep got away and, and really took the crucial moments uh, when they came up and the crucial break towards the end of that set to, to get the job done. And then really rolled through the, the second set. It was a heap of uh, unforced errors, which was the undoing for Halep. Tonight, So Kerber goes to the top of the group. And in the other match, Madison Keys, the sixth seed, 6 one 6 over Dominika Sibylkova. And it really wasn't at all on the short of it. Uh, Madison is a very uh, tall player, very powerful player, and she just overpowers Dominika Sibylkova. She, she's got the head-to-head record over her. All of them have been in straight sets. So, look, it was comprehensive again. And she's not feeling as nervous now in her debut performance here at the WTA Finals. Yeah, it was, her, it was her first win, but uh, Angelique Kerber was saying after after her match that it, the, the scoreline was a bit flattering. It, it was a lot closer. What Was that actually the case, or was she just paying lip service? Well, uh, she felt that it was. A player like Simona Hallett, I think if you took out all those unforced errors, uh, then it's, it's obviously a lot closer match, and the match started to get away from her in that second set. But certainly it was Kerber with the early break in, in the opening set. We thought, oh, here we go. But then uh, Callop was able to come back. And that, I think, there's a couple of key moments through there, sort of towards the end of the set, where Hallop had just got things back on level terms at four games all, where she just had a down game and was broken immediately, and then Kerber was able to roll from there. And it was just sort of those crucial times, those unforced errors creeping in. There's just too many of them, and too many of them in a row from Hallop. So, Look, of course, Kerber was going to say that it was a tough match, but certainly a lot easier than a match a couple of nights ago. It was also quite a quite a, a nice touch for Kerber as well. I believe there was a, a bit of a presentation. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Uh, yes, well, Angelique is now the uh, the year-end world number one, undisputed year-end world number one, and um, was presented with uh, a, a nice ring, a, a Tiffany ring, I believe it is. So, I mean, I'm not a jewellery expert, but that's what I've been told, and received uh, the year-end number one trophy as well. So, magnificent uh, sort of punctuation point on uh, on her year. If she can take out the toll here, it would be even better, but it's just been amazing. There's all those grand slams and, and uh, the finals and the consistency she's had right across. She thoroughly deserves to be the world number one. And uh, just speaking of the, the round-robin situation as it is at the moment, the, the group's still wide open. All four players still a chance of picking up the, the two spots to go into the semi-finals, but certainly Kerber on her performance, deserves to be at the top of the group and there's a really good chance of getting through to the semis on the weekend. Well, you mentioned round-robin and I wanted to touch on that. So, Peter, obviously a lot of club tennis players understand the round-robin format, but this format's very different to what you normally see on the on the tour. There's two groups, the red group and the blue group. For someone who's who's maybe not too clued up on, on, on the tournament's format, can you explain exactly how it works and then who goes through to the, the final stages of this tournament? Yeah, so all the players play three matches each, or at least three matches in this event. So they all play each other in their group. The groups are of four. And then uh, they work it out from there. So the, the clear way to do it is if you won more matches than anyone else in your group, you go through, essentially. Um, if it's even, so we've got two spots in each of the two groups here, then it uh, is count back. So it goes back to sets one and then games one from there. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, hopefully not going to get to that stage, although it does make it interesting for the fans and everyone else trying to work it out. And I've got in front of me a whole list of different things that might have different scenarios and if they play out, how it all works and who gets through. So, look, it is different. The players have been talking about that. It's quite rare. In fact, it is completely rare that they have this sort of situation on the WTA Tour, at least. There are only a handful of tournaments around the world that play with this sort of format, but it's a way of making sure that the tournament continues and you have the best players playing and give them the chance to, to get three quality matches before having a chance at the finals. Yeah, I, I like the format, and I'm sure the players uh, do too. It's probably a, a nice change for them. Well, what can we look forward to tomorrow, Peter? Well, uh, if you go back to the other group, the white group, uh, to see how things play out there. So, Atlantic Netsiva, I guess, surprised everyone uh, with her win over Agnieszka Radvanska the other day. She takes on the other winner, Karolina Piskova, first up, the number four seed. And then Agnieszka Radvanska and Gardinia Muguruza face off. So seed two take on seed five. Both of those players desperate for a win to keep their hopes alive in the competition. But certainly Piskova and Kuznetsova in the box seat at the moment because they've got that first win on the board. But um, as we know, anything can happen with these groups in uh, the next couple of days. But exciting action coming up and hopefully the rain lets up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Peter McCarter, thank you so much for that. We'll touch base again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Uh, have yourself a great evening in Singapore, and we look forward to chatting tomorrow. Uh, no worries. Look forward to it as well. You start that. You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. You can also catch us on the DSTV audio bouquet on channel 814, as well as online at safm.co.za October is Transport Month. The Department of Transport, through its Road Safety Lead Agency, the Road Traffic Management Corporation, is intensifying road safety awareness programs and law enforcement operations this month to bring order and discipline on our roads, obey all traffic rules, and use the roads safely. Road safety is everyone's responsibility. A message brought to you by the Department of Transport and Road Traffic Management Corporation. <laughs> You're tuned to SAFM 104 to 107. 
You can also catch us on the DSTV Audio Bouquet on channel 814 as well as online at safm.co.za. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And the 2016 Curry Cup has concluded. And it was uh, the Toyota Cheetahs who were victorious over the Blue Bulls in Bloemfontein on Saturday afternoon, 36-16. The final score, it was a a great final. And we join now by the victorious coach, Franco Smith. Franco, welcome onto the show. And first of all, congratulations uh, on that win. You You must be pretty chuffed. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I you know, it's a dream come true, and I think it's uh, actually brilliant to be part of it. Franco, ten out of ten, uh, unbeaten in the season. You, you can't ask for more from a team, can you? Yeah, look, we we set out uh, eighteen months ago with a plan. You know, we started by, uh, you know, I introduced the strategy that we, you know, we got to build a new team, start with the young players from the varsity, and bring them through and. You know, not always um, we were in one and wanted to create the best uh, team, you know, and I think the best team we can be. And you know, from day one, we started with a plan to obviously win as much as we can, but also play a decent brand of rugby and, and something that the, the supporters can associate with. So, yes, uh, for me now, looking back, uh, it's been a wonderful 18 months, and now I'm really proud of the guys and the work they did. Franco, how satisfying is, is this victory, particularly just the Curry Cup campaign? I mean, you started your, your career as coach with the Cheetahs. It was tough. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Uh, there, there were growing pains at, at the union. But looking back now, as you say, the last 18 months, uh, the, the hard work has paid off. It, it must be pretty satisfying to, to be able to, to put this victory on, on your CV. Yeah, of course it's uh, satisfying. It's not much, but it doesn't have much to do about but with my CV. It's more important to know that uh, we give more players opportunity. And I always... I've been involved with Italian rugby between two World Cups, and it's important, you know, to develop players for the national team between two World Cups. Unfortunately, in South Africa, we all uh, really uh, win. win um, we, we all align us for a win, and that sometimes puts a lot of pressure. But you need a bit of time to bring the new players through. You know, if you think that the World Cup in 2019 is only three years away, or it's just three, uh, three years away, it sounds a long time, but. Um, to develop and bring new guys through uh, is important. I mean, if you're 32, four years is long is a long time. If, uh, if you're uh, 23, it puts you in a ideal position to take part. You know, so for us, it's really important to contribute also to South African rugby by creating a new brand of player, a new hero, if we can call it that, and uh, also to, to to develop our brand. And I, I believe that. Um, the teachers in, in this period, uh, and I did really well, and 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 that is a satisfaction that the players put up their hands, and, you know, and uh, this is the first step. I think there's still a lot of work to be done and going into the Super Rugby next year, but at least you know we can look back and say, look, we're on the right path, we're on the right track, and everybody's work ethic is exceptional. This is the way to go forward. So very excited to be part of it. Franco, the style and, and uh, of rugby that you, you mentioned, and and I mean, you can look back at, at what the what the Lions did in the Curry Cup last year, and then they carried that over into into Super Rugby this year. You must be pretty excited with the the foundations you've laid, and I don't want to say foundations because you've you've now won a trophy and, and a big trophy in South African rugby. But the the platform has been laid to really springboard into Super Rugby next year. You must be pretty excited with the prospect. Yeah, we start off our, um, from the beginning uh, of this season, all the open-up preparations leading on to the new Super Rugby campaign is 
will be a different mindset, a different attitude around it. Around it. You know, obviously, uh, along with the Curry Cup win comes a lot of expectation. But again, you know, I think the, the guys are 18 months older as well. They're more matured uh, on and off the field. And I think our approach in the preseason is completely different than it was last year. And last year we had to, you know, teach the guys a whole new way, a whole new mindset. And, and now it's easy. Uh, they've realized now that, uh, um, that what we've been doing is that we're on the right track. You know? and, and this Curry Cup win is uh, going to be an important ingredient in motivating the guys going forward uh, in the preseason. And then... Obviously, um, to stand up to the expectations for next year will be a next part of the character building that's needed to be a competitive side in Super Rugby. Franco, what was different in this campaign to, to let's say, the Super Rugby campaign earlier this year in 2016? Look, first of all, you know, um, a lot of people criticise as well um, performance and all the results that we achieved in the Super Rugby. But if you look closely at how we played and... Uh, the brand that we put out there was that was actually quite good. You know, we were very competitive. We had six bonus points within seven point losses, which we we were there and there about. I think when you look at the experience that we had in the team, I think a lot of people at the start of the campaign would thought that we would get a lot of points and would really be um, being annihilated sometimes. And, and in the end, we were very competitive. And I believe, you know, the income disappointed for us not winning. So. Yeah, everybody will think that the four wins in the Super Rugby was not enough, and I agree. But um, uh, we were really competitive. We still played a great band. The difference is only that um, I think we matured. We used the confidence that is of playing against top sides uh, in our favour, and the players now obviously um, see the opposition in a different way. If you've played uh, the Brumbies and the Waratahs, and then suddenly you play the Kings and Greekos, you obviously have a different mindset about it. And we always measure ourselves on our own standards and also what's needed in Super Rugby. So I think that is what that's keep, what's keep on pushing us to perform at our best every week. And we'll keep on doing that, you know, pushing our own limits. And we know, of course, that we've got to develop physically and mentally still a long way to, 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 to compete in Super Rugby. But now at least we've got a solid platform and we don't start at zero like we did a year ago. And Franco, there wasn't much of a celebration for you. Obviously, the news, and it's only a few weeks old, that you were going to be joining the, the Bok management for the, the end of year tour to, to Europe. Obviously, that's your role at the moment. And there's been lots of pressure on, on the, the Bok and Alistair Gutsia to, to play a, a new sort of style and brand of rugby. If people look at the way the All Blacks have been playing and, and that high skill and, and just the rewards that they do get. But as you said, with the Cheetahs, it doesn't happen overnight. It's been an 18-month process. I'm sure if we ask Johan Ackermann, he'll tell you the exact same uh, exact same thing. And, and a lot of people are almost expecting the box to play that style of rugby off the bat. And it doesn't really happen that way, does it? It's, it's processes and systems that have to be put in place, and players need to become comfortable with it. Yeah, exactly. I can't agree more with what you're saying. Um, it is a process. I think that uh, within Daba and what, what I've seen this week, there's definitely... You know, um, everybody's working really hard in, and, and, and planning and going into the next World Cup and the way we want to play. And I think, um, you know, Alistair's got a plan. He's got, uh, he's aim, aiming at developing 45 players to, to play in that competition. And, uh, yes, I think definitely with this plan, um, this, it will give us hope to, you know, to be really competitive going forward. So, 
I agree. You know, it takes time. Of course, it takes a lot of time. And I think, you know, patience is sometimes um, really important to develop. And because a lot of pressure limits the ability of the player, you know, instead of passing the ball, he probably keep it. Uh, when it was on to score a try, just because he doesn't want to make a mistake. And, and that happens when uh, performance becomes more important, you know. And and uh, I believe uh, until the systems are in place and the process has been completed, it's going to be important for or to have a bit of patience from, the, from our public sector, you know, to just give us, you know, give us too much time to to develop into the brand and style that they that they chose to play. And also, which I which I agree, you know, is the right way to go into 2019. Frank, and then just finally, Free State Rugby has been troubled by, by this issue for, for many, many years. They, they, it's, it's a great breeding ground for young players and, and good young players, but often, just from a financial point of view, the union struggles to hang on to the players and they get poached by, by the unions who have got more money, uh, I mean, if you have to be honest. Obviously, that is a concern for you leading into Super Rugby 2016. Are, are, are there things in place for you to hang on to the, the core squad that you've got going into next year? Yeah, no. Um, you know, to losing, losing the players has always been a, a issue. But uh, when I started the strategy, and along with, a, with Rory Duncan and, 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 and the free state board as a start, um, it was, uh, we, I said to them, I, I, look, we must plan now for what can happen if the players develop, you know, and therefore I developed a squad of 54 players and we aim to keep that number up there so that if we lose players, you know, at this stage, everybody signs and don't lose anybody going into next year. Uh, we already, um, agreed contracts with a lot of our youngsters coming through up to 2018. So, um, we've planned for that and, uh, the, uh, the, my plan is just uh, if we have a squad like that big enough, um, when you do lose players, the young, new, the next guy must just uh, step up and take the responsibility and uh, without um, any effect on the performance of the side. So we've, we've planned for that now. Um, it takes a lot of hard work in the sun of all the coaches to develop a, a brand and it takes a lot of understanding of the young players. But I mean, I can use an example of Nicoli who stepped up in, uh, in front of Rinder's feet and did such an excellent job that he, he knocked out good players like Michael van Spain and, and Small, um, William Small Smith, you know. So, the same with, uh, the lock, Justin Masson, who came in and didn't play one game in Super Rugby and just, uh, outclassed all, all the locks to, to, to play in the Curry Cup. So, if we develop, um, more players, Obviously, if we and obviously we don't want to lose anybody, but if we do lose, hopefully we have already produced another youngster that will grab his opportunity to perform in a side that's performing well. Now, I guess it also helps to hang on to those youngsters because they want to be around a winning environment, and winning trophies definitely helps that. So, Franco, congratulations once again. You should be extremely proud of what you've done with uh, with that group of, of players. Uh, it was an incredible season, and uh, let's hope you can carry that form uh, with you to the box and then into Super Rugby with the Cheetahs uh, in 2016. 17. Thanks for your time, Sima. Thank you very much, and uh, have a good evening. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. On to some football news now on SAFM Sports Wrap. And the country of Liberia prides itself on being the only African country to have produced a World Footballer of the Year. Back in 1995, prolific goal poacher George Weir, who was with the Italian Serie A Giants AC Milan at the time, won the highest football accolade for an individual player globally. 
on Sunday. There's something special that a Liberian also won for the first time. Anthony Lafour became the first player from that country to lift the African Champions League title when Mamelodi Sundowns beat Zamalek 3-1 on aggregate in Alexandria, Egypt. As the focus shifts to the domestic Telcom knockout competition against Polokwane City on Thursday, Lafour told South African journalists, including SABC Sports' Lili Mbuli, what continental success really means to him. It's not on becoming the first Liberian to have this gold medal um, for yourself and, and, and your country and your club. Yeah, you know, first of all, I just want to say thanks uh, to my teammates uh, because uh, it wasn't easy because uh, we were on a racket road. But uh, the good thing about this, uh, people from home, they've been calling me, been wishing me a blog and all the things and like that, you know, so... As I'm speaking to you know, celebrations in Liberia, like if to say Liberia wants something, you know, so I think it's a good thing. Uh, but uh, I'm speechless, you know. But uh, to be the only Liberian is, is a record breaking. Somebody need to break that record, and I know that uh, maybe one day somebody going to do that. But I just want to say thanks to my teammate and thanks to all South Africans for South Africans for supporting our standards today. How difficult was it? It was difficult to be frank with you, but uh, the good thing about, about this game is, is about scoring goals. I believe if we, we couldn't score three goals in South Africa, today was going to be more difficult. They tried to intimidate us, but we didn't pay attention to that. We, we wanted to play football, and they beat us, but at the end of the day, we celebrate. So that shows if you score more goals in any competition, you can get ahead of You can get away with something. Jamie, from the first game of our team now, how would you describe it? It wasn't easy. Eh? It wasn't easy. We went to Congo. There was no network for five days. We were on the road. People slept on small bed and all the things like that. So we, I think we're reaping what we sow because uh, we, from a, we, from, we come from a long way. Was it written in the stars for you, looking back on how things have happened uh, this year around the competition? Yeah, you know, we got good coaches, they always told us that. From the beginning of this, you know, people won't believe it, but people always used to tell us that we're going to win this competition. We shouldn't mind what happened around us, you know. So there was a time we went to, I think, DRC or so. It wasn't easy, but he told us that if you want to win the Champions League, you need to pass UD. It was difficult. Some some of us, some people, we complained, all the things. There was a time we even told ourselves, is, is this guy crazy or what? <laughs> Can't you see what is going on? All the things. But today we are all celebrating. You know, sometimes it's good to listen to people and I believe that with him, motivation, all the people that are around him, I think that's why kept us going. How do you celebrate this uh, Everybody's sleeping. I try to call my family. Everybody's sleeping. I just hope and pray that tomorrow morning to speak to them because uh, today they sent me some video and all the things and I'll it touches me because they, they were blue by the TV. They wanted to see the dad playing and my, my woman wanted to see me doing playing. And uh, it wasn't only about me, but at the end of it, she told me that, are you guys ready? So I think she was supporting Sundance, you know. So tomorrow we get a long trip from here to Cairo. People from going to be all because the internet system is bad, but in the morning I'm going to do everything possible to speak to my family first. And how does it feel for, for you, uh, Tony, as, uh, as a Liberian? Because it's been uh, a long time since Liberia, the national team, had success on the continent. But this for you, 
uh, will be you know a shining light for those supporting you back home. Yeah, I, I feel great. You know, within myself, I feel great. But it's not all about me. As I'm speaking to you now, people back home celebrating because when I put my phone on, everybody that, that people at home that support football, they were glued to the TV today and people congratulating me for what Sundance did today. You know, it's. It's something that I'm proud of, and uh, I just want to keep my feet on the ground. I want to be humble, you know, because it shouldn't be because I'm the first, so nobody's going to do it, you know. So I believe that uh, we got so many talent. They just need to be disciplined, listen to what other senior players around them did. Who, who know? Maybe it's for, for Liberia to step in too, because I don't know after how many years now for Liberia to, to be in the station. So. Well, was it ever a dream of yours? I mean, when you came through at uh, Cosmos Center, was it, was it ever something that you thought of, something that you maybe dreamed of? I won't lie to you, my brother. The only thing I was thinking about Champions League is to just partake and then leave because when I was in Super Sport, I had the opportunity to play in the Champions League, but we got out in the first round. When I came to Sanders, I met this crazy coach, Pizzo, who already tell you all that we're going to win this, we're going to win it. And today we won it, you know, so it wasn't something that I planned, but you never plan things like that because, you know, my previous club, like Super Sport, we were only playing for two, three games, you know, to get out of it. But Pizzo pushed all, you know, and uh, it's good. That was Anthony Lafour talking about uh, the victory of Mamelodi Sundowns in the CAF Champions League. And speaking of Sundowns, if you'd like to welcome them back into South Africa, they are going to be arriving bright and early tomorrow morning. That's uh, Wednesday morning at the OR Tambo International Airport. They are scheduled to land at 6.30. I've got a funny feeling there's going to be lots of people at the airport. And if uh, you're in the area and you'd like to go and welcome them, feel free to do so. 6.30 tomorrow morning. Let's welcome back the champions of Africa, Mamelodi Sundowns. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. And that's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, SAFM Sports Wrap returns again tomorrow evening at 6.30. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Tetti, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to be in touch via social media. Just search for SAFM Radio on the various platforms. More sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the Talk Shop with Naledi Malayo. Have yourself a great evening. We'll chat tomorrow. Cheers.